Holy buffet table. This is Flight Check Season 3, Episode 16. We're back once again, talking all aspects of FlyQuest. And, uh, oh boy. Folks, we, uh, we do have a lot to talk about uh, tonight. My name, as always, is Sandy Toes. And to my left and my extra left, my fellow hosts, Noxwar and Curly Double Q. Uh, right before we really get into it, uh, do have to take a quick moment. Gotta acknowledge some stuff. Uh, want to acknowledge the fact that last Thursday on our Twitter account, uh, we did report some misleading information regarding FlyQuest's approach towards an amateur player. And uh, we should have done a much better job in validating that information before presenting it to the unbridled uh, wilds that is the internet. Uh, and we will make sure that if there's an opportunity for us to take part in community reporting in the future, uh, we will rigorously confirm any information that is conveyed to us. Uh, all three of us, we do take our roles and responsibilities as community content creators very, very seriously. Uh, and what ensued was not the reflection of our intentions and standards. We did put out a retraction tweet. Uh, but as anyone knows, retraction tweets are seen way less uh, than initial rumor tweets because the rumor is what captures everyone's attention in the first place. Um, so we did what we could. Uh, hopefully, no lasting damage uh, will be done, and we can repair uh, what we did damage. Uh, so we do apologize. We are sorry, uh, and we will do better in the future. I don't know if you guys have anything you want to tack on to that, uh, but that's that's just kind of the um, stance for us all here. Um, I will say none of it was ever malicious in any way, shape, or form. It was genuinely from our hearts of being fans of FlyQuest and wanting to just make sure that things are staying ethically as healthy as possible, or healthily ethically as possible. And it only came out of the goodness, like, even if it did not come out that way. It, only good intentions is all we meant to say. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Curly, anything from you? Yeah, it's just... Uh... When you take your first stab at doing a mix of journalism and kind of like trying to hold orgs to a higher standard, sometimes you're not going to get perfect information, you know? You're not well established, so you don't get the whole picture. So it's just, <clears throat> we jumped the gun a little bit, we learned for the future, and as Knox said, all of this was out of care for the org, for the players, for the scene, um, and it was just handled poorly, especially given how volatile everything is around the LCS right now. So, in the future, we will definitely just need to be more sensitive about it, and if we are going to be doing any reporting, we're just going to really, you know, check everything twice and make sure everything's nice. Yeah, cross our uh, T's and dot our I's, basically. Uh, on, a, on a more personal note, I think I'm just done reporting. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I just don't think I'm doing don't it anymore. Don't be scared because of one oops. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, look, everyone's <clears throat> had their... Uh, everyone's had their mistakes. Uh, the Everybody has those days. Gaffords and the Jacob Wolves of the world have all uh, had their own flaws and oopsie moments. Just become a Pokemon and everything will be better and you'll learn everyone's secrets. Exactly. Yeah, then you can just, it, you know, when you're uh, LCS Snorlax, does that one exist yet? Uh, LCS, <laughs> no. uh, L, you know what? LCS Pidgeotto, I think, would be great. Um, That's too many syllables. No, you can just fly away uh, when you get caught for, you know, dropping some nonsense. Mm. Um, all right. <laughs> so, quick reminder that if you can't catch all the show, the VOD will be available here and on YouTube on our channel, Flight Check podcast audio versions all on your favorite listening platforms as well let's get into the news from the week lots to discuss let's start out with a little bit of melee tipped off 14 uh took place this past weekend in georgia um pretty good tournament i thought the venue i don't know if you guys saw any pictures 
of the venue. I saw like one. It looked pretty cool. Oh, it looks so cool. It looked. I think it, if I'm not mistaken, took place um, in like a college like lecture hall, basically. Um, Wild. Or something like a college auditorium, something like that. I I thought it was absolutely. Um, yeah, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Uh, it looked really good. Uh, what did not look so good, unfortunately, the results uh, for Jmook, uh, but kind of the opposite for Kadoran. Uh, not too bad from him, uh, especially in maybe regards to some of his more recent um, performances. But yeah, super interesting tournament. So Jmook actually went down uh, in the round of 64 um, to MOF. Uh, it went in a straight 3-0, which was really surprising as well. Uh, but he turns it around. He 3-0s uh, Vu, then Joshman, and then SFOP. Uh, three 3-0s in a row in loser's round. One, two, and three. Until runs into Amsa again. And this guy is just an obnoxious pain. This Yoshi is just ungod, or just for us, it's ungodly. Everyone else, for him, it's godly. Especially for FlyQuest uh, melee right now, Amsa's Yoshi just is on another level. We cannot get past it. Um, A solid three zero from Amsa uh, over to Jmuk. Amsa ends up uh, making it to. I think he got fourth place. Um, Yeah, he ended up losing to Moki in the lower bracket finals. Yep. Um, and so, so Jmook, a little bit of a tougher one for him. Uh, you know, look, I do appreciate that, uh, he bounced back from that round of 64 drop, goes 9-0 in the next three rounds, um, really cleans it up, and yeah, just that 3-0, I, I just feel like that Yoshi bit of his kryptonite right now, um, and it's just, yeah, it's just tough. So, you know, he's gotta work through it and, uh, get through the difficulties, um, but you know, he'll be, he'll be back for sure. Uh, and you know, looking forward to seeing what he does next. I need to look and see, uh, what tournament he's supposed to be in. Cause sometimes he'll like on his, um, like upcoming tournaments. Okay. So he's got wave dash in a couple weeks. So, you know, look, if this, this was probably a good warm up for wave dash, um, which is not like super full, um, yet there's only like only says 400 like 500 attendees which is still pretty good um i do it's want a to solid number jmook and Cody schwab did take they did rock the doubles bracket um so As pretty usual. Usual. he did not go home yeah did not go home trophy list um so pretty solid stuff from him uh thoughts on jmook's performance and this kind of obstacle that amsa's become for for him recently uh, I, I feel like Amsa is just his wall right now. And I mean, I think in general, don't get me wrong. Amsa is just, he's just a top level player right now. He's just so good. And the way these tournaments work is if you just happen to run into one of those players, you just happen to run into one of those players. It's kind of the thing about why like Smash Melee has so many tournaments that you go to is just like, it's any given day, right? Yeah. And so, I mean, any given day, Jmook's one of those players too. You run into him and you're like, ah, shit, man. And your run's just done. Like that's what happened to Mango this past tournament, right? Um, what was the name of it? I forget what the tournament name was, but either way, I mean, it's it just happens, right? Um, it was a bit unfortunate that Jmook had to go all the way through the losers bracket like that um, after the lo- the O three loss to uh, what was it uh, MOF? That was kind of random and out of nowhere. I kind of figured, but then he looked absolutely dominant the rest of the way. And he even three would Cody Schwab, which yeah. was the person who knocked him out literally this past tournament. So again, any given day, right? Um, so I think I didn't get to watch that many of the sets. I think the only one I really truly uh, saw was uh, SFOP versus Jmook, and he handled that one pretty cleanly as far as I saw. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought, uh, you know, when he was on, he, he was absolutely crushing it. Uh, yeah, it's just the Amsa being, being a difficult pain for him right now. Uh, Curly, Kadoran, yeah. on the other hand, makes it through uh, to top eight. Also did drop... Um, looking at, I'm trying to 
see exactly. Uh, I, I did misspeak earlier. I said Jmook beat Cody Schwab. I'm sorry. It was Kadoran that beat Cody Schwab. Yes, that, yes, that's yes. my bad. You are correct. Uh, Kadoran made it. Uh, he made it to top 32. He beat Panda. Yeah. In a 3-0, and then he ends up dropping to Axe in a close 3-2. Um, that, that freaking Pikachu, man. That <laughs> Pikachu. Uh, but then, yes, Kadoran, uh 3-1 over JJM, the 3-0 over Cody Schwab, and then the 3-1 over MOF, taking uh, revenge for JMook before Kadoran himself runs into AMSA. And uh, I just rewatched that because um, that was loser's top eight, so a, t- a tie for seventh for Kadoran. I, I went back and rewatched it, um, and I actually think it was fairly close. Like, Amsa never really stomped in any of the games. Um, they were always at, you know, it was always like a one-stock. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, to me... And I want to hear your opinion on this, Curly. To me, I feel like this is a good sign that Kadoran could be ramping up in time for, I believe he's also going to, uh, yeah, he is also going to wave dash. So, which is in two weekends. So, I, I mean, that, that seems like a good sign to me. And I believe he's also mm-hmm. playing in some uh, other random tournament, like some random local uh, as well. He posted on Twitter today. Um, so he seems like he's warming up. Yeah. He's getting ready to, to make a run at wave dash. Well, then especially like, like you said earlier, AMSA seems to be just the big wall for not just FlyQuest, just a lot of people in NA ever since he moved here and started practicing here. Um, and so I think it's just once you get a player of that caliber in the scene for a first time, like he probably is going to stomp on people a little bit. Um, and so it's not just Kadorin leveling up but it's like as Kadoran in the whole scene learns how to work around Amsa's Yoshi you know it's like every time you're doing well eventually you'll come across someone where you just got to figure out how they play the game and then once you figure out how they play the game you'll be able to beat them you know and so yeah I think Kadoran and Jayma could like are just still studying Amsa you know especially the fact that it's close speaks uh it makes me confident in the next time uh that either of them meets Amsa at a uh, at a tournament, but it's uh, he seems to be kind of the secret boss of NA right now. Yeah, <laughs> that is a good way of uh, that is a good way of putting it. Uh, looking at this tournament overall, because I do want to comment on it. What a classic matchup uh, in the winners and grand finals. You had Zane and Mango uh, first in the winners final. Uh, and then Mango makes it back, uh, takes it on Moki, and, and then so, Zane 3-1s Mango again in Grand Finals. Um, did, did you, uh, by chance, catch Mango's interview that he uh, had? No, I did. Enlighten me, please. So, it was funny because, after, and I, I'm still blanking on the last tournament, I'm, the name of the last tournament, I'm sorry. But the last tournament, uh, he dropped out to JMook, right? I think yeah. round of, like, he, like top really, eight or whatever, or not even top eight. Yeah, really way earlier than he's normal. And so, basically, uh, he was talking on a stream, and someone asked him a question, like, are you just, like, washed now? He's like, dude, why do I have to go this every time? Like, I'm not washed. I just wasn't trying. Yeah. And so, everyone, like, starts calling out. It's like, but you clearly just got, like, your shit rocked, right? And he's like, <laughs> all right, fine. You know what? You wanted me to prove to you that I'm still good, and I literally only want play good when I want to play good? This next tournament, I will try hard. And look at this. He finishes top two. Yeah. Wow. Like the man, the man only plays when he wants to play. That that is purely it. Yeah, yeah. Which which is certainly interesting, and like it's an interesting way of approaching tournaments. Like, I guess if you're comfortable enough in like who you are and your reputation, then you can get away with things like that. Um, which is just so such an interesting commentary because you have players who will just absolutely try hard all the time. And they are so wedded to their reputation and who they are and what they're known for and their placements. And then you've got Mango who's just like, look, I know I'm good. You all know I'm good. And if I want to, you know, try hard at this tournament, then I'm going to. And I'm going to do great. But even when he's not trying hard, he's still like, you know, placing top 12 and top 8, you know, with no no real problem. You know, I think that's uh, 
and you know i think is he gonna go hard at you know some of the big majors like your genesis's and uh you know like evo level kind of tournaments absolutely um but i think that's such an interesting approach um well, it, it makes it fun to follow for sure. Oh, absolutely. Imagine if, like, league teams did that. Uh, you know, imagine if... Unfortunately, player... you would need more than three tournaments a year. Well, I, I was going to say, imagine if it <laughs> was like, uh, you know, hey, spring doesn't matter, guys. Uh, you know, and, like, this really didn't hmm. try hard in spring at all. <laughs> and then, but who uh, does that sound like? I, dude, I don't I know. wonder. It sounds like somebody who likes to go on their stream and just make some really dumb comments. That's what it sounds like. Uh, uh, if only we had someone like that in the league, <laughs> it would be very entertaining. If only we had someone like that. Um, all right, so that is tipped off 14. Great stuff from Jmook and Kodorin. Let me uh, get really fast, because uh, I know Kodorin put what tournament he's going to be going to. Uh, by the way, Jmook should be... Uh, he actually might be streaming tonight, so... Um, Oh, Kadoran's going to a, a local tonight is what he's doing. Uh, okay, so easy, easy dubs, easy dubs. Get some good practice yeah, in. Yeah, it's just a Verdugo number 200, so he's just, like, hanging out. Uh, I don't think... Yeah, he's just going to the local. I don't I don't think it's, like, a big, like, warm-up tournament for him or anything. Uh, but still, he's doing that. Uh, and that is at Register Open... Uh, Never mind. It's tonight at some point, so you know maybe we'll find the uh, the link and we will uh, and we'll rate it. After we'll that. rate it. Yes. Um, all right. So that is tipped off fourteen. Wave dash is in two weekends from now, starting on the sixteenth. Be sure to tune into that. Uh, all right. Well, we've delayed talking about it long enough. Finally. After months, if not years, <laughs> of us asking for it, uh, the gracious overlords at FlyQuest have deemed it time to bestow upon us a not only a Valorant team, but also a Counter-Strike team. And not just any program, not just any Valorant program. Not just any Counter-Strike program, but truly one of the most legendary and storied programs in the FPS scenes. That is uh, the all-female rosters of the Red program, now under the FlyQuest Red banner. Uh, absolutely incredible stuff. Uh, I am so excited to have these women in the org. Uh, it's about time that we oh, yeah. got some Valo oh, yeah. up in here. Uh, we are here, and we are ready to support these women. Absolutely. Cannot freaking wait. Uh, and even had some uh, Counter-Strike tournament uh, this past weekend to crack right into. Uh, so, FlyQuest Red... Uh, let me get the full, uh, rundown of the, uh, team. So, on FlyQuest Red for Counter-Strike, uh, you've got Goose Breeder, uh, uh Kelsey, BB on, Cowday, and Mads. Uh, so Goose Breeder, Kelsey, Mads are from Canada or the States. BB on is from, uh, Australia. And Cowday is actually, uh, French. Mm. And then they've got Coach Flashy from Hungary, and uh, let me pull up the uh, FlyQuest Red. On VLR.gg, uh, they were being sponsored by Ludwig and Moist Criticals Org, uh, Moist Moguls, um, so they are known currently as uh, Moist Moguls Red, but if you go to... Now you can go on the... Um, uh, on Valor.gg and just search up FlyQuest Red. So we've got Athena, Emily, Emluo, Dodonut, and Itnothin. It, it, okay, I really apologize <laughs> if I'm mispronouncing that, but you've got it. <laughs> uh, you've got 
so uh, Athena and Emily are Canadian. M. Luo and Itnothan are from the States. And Dodona is actually uh, Thai. Uh, I don't recall if she is um, from Thailand specifically or if she is just uh, Thai in uh, origin. So I don't know that. Can't she Her nationality is uh, Thai. Okay. So I've. Yeah. There you go. So, um, super dope. Uh, very excited to have all these teams. I do believe there is a... I don't know if there's actually... Uh, there has to be a coach, I assume. Um, or maybe they're just self-coached. Uh, I couldn't tell you exactly. So I'm not seeing a coach on the squad currently. Yeah. So, looks to be just squad only. Yeah. Um, so, we've got... Uh, Two awesome teams now, um, ready to rock and roll, and I believe they should continue playing in the Game Changers series. Now, I was looking for information about how the Game Changers series works. Mm -hmm. Very difficult to find information, um, but from what I understand, uh, there's a series of qualifiers uh, that you have to uh, do. There's first, uh, there's an open qualifier. Um, yep. And then there's a closed qualifier. And I, from what I understand, I think there are some teams that are just automatically invited to the closed qualifier. And then there are other teams that, you know, get in through that open qualifier. Um, and if I understand correctly, back when they were CLG Red, they were, uh, automatically invited to the closed qualifier. So we are looking at one of the, you could argue, like, premier rosters in North American, uh, Valorant Game Changers right now. Not only that, and I know I'm talking a lot so feel free to interrupt me but i'm just trying to give like a good explanation no no no, no. like th this is yeah. good for me too <laughs> who these folks are and where they're coming from and whatnot so not only that uh but they get into the valorant they make it through the closed qualifier uh they qualify you know into top eight um and then they play their way through uh to fourth place mm -hmm. they lose o2 to uh complexity gaming gx3 uh, in the first round, but then they uh, take down uh, FaZe Clan GC and Evil Geniuses GC uh, in two ones uh, before getting taken down by X-Set in lower round three. So, circuit points-wise, uh, they earned 40 points. The distribution uh, for first is 80 points, and then it's 60 for second, 50 for third, and 40 for fourth. Uh, I need to do a little bit more investigation into how they end up qualifying uh, for Valorant, you know, the Valorant Game Changers. Um, My understanding is it's top two in terms of point total at the end of the three series. That, okay. that does seem what it looks like. So uh, there should be more series to come. Uh, at least so series later. two starts in July is yeah, what yeah. I'm seeing. July thirteenth, I think. If okay, no, sorry, July twenty sixth. Oh, yes, and then yeah, so it's gonna be a while before we see them uh, play again, unfortunately. But it should be. Uh, it, I mean, it's not you know too far away. It is. Uh, it'll come up faster than we expect. And I'm also not. Um. I don't think that's going to be, like, the only stuff that they participate in. I'm fairly... Oh, oh, I okay. So, their open qualifier, because I'm assuming they have to go through the open qualifier, right? You uh, think so, right? I would assume they probably get invited to the closed qualifier because oh, they placed okay. top four in the, first, um, in the first one. So, that would be my assumption. Okay. Well, if they do go through open qualifier, that's July 13th. If not, it's the closest, like, main tournament for them will be July 26th is okay. when it starts. Um, so, very exciting, got a legitimate Valorant team to root for, um, and, you know, right now, like, a top, 
you know, you could say top four, top eight, however you want to put it. But a top team, yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I think what's important for everyone to understand, though, about this red roster in this program, it has a long, long-standing history under the CLG banner. Uh, CLG Red has been around for a very long time. Like, if you go on Liquipedia uh, and look at CLG Red Counter-Strike, they have been around... They're a very since, old team. They have been around since mid-2015. Wow. This program. That's older than FlyQuest itself. Uh, yes. And some of the best uh, female players in Counter-Strike have played on this team. You've got names like uh, Potter, uh, Miss Harvey, Benita, Jennifer. Um, all these folks have played on CLG Red uh, at some point in time. And this is a program that is known for doing very well uh, and being, and also being very consistent at it um, and just sticking around through thick and thin, even while other orgs are dropping their rosters um, and changing players out. You know, that happened on this team too. Um, but... CLG Red was known for consistently performing at tournaments. If you look, um, 2015 and 2016, a little bit rougher, uh, but then you start to like get into 2017, 2018, and then 2019, they were just winning so many tournaments or just doing well at so many tournaments. Not only that, you know, they would play against uh male rosters as well and honestly they would not do that bad uh th they you know they would never go so far as to win you know any big tournaments or like do a lot of like top eights or anything like that but they would they would still perform they would you know weed out some of the you know really low tier teams and they would end up playing um you know some big names from time to time and really not doing half bad against them. So I really want to make sure to emphasize that this is a program and this will be a roster that we can expect to regularly play, A, first of all, regularly play. I mean, who knows what's going to happen with Counter-Strike because I know I think there's a new Counter-Strike coming out or something like that. Um, and so who knows. <laughs> something like that, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Um and then obviously there's the Valorant roster as mm -hmm. well, uh, but we should expect good things. Like, Absolutely. This is not like a this is not a frivolous investment. I think by FlyQuest, this is not a oh yeah we'll have a female team and you know we'll see how they do. No, this is like hey this is a good team. This is a good program that has historical success, and we're just bringing it in under the FlyQuest banner. Uh, and this is something that should be cheered, and you know people should be really excited about. Um, and like these players are getting the opportunity and support that they need to succeed. So I am really, really excited about it. Um, I'm just happy we've I got... I don't want to see anyone... I'm happy we've got yeah, twice I, the esports. I don't want to see anyone saying... Yeah, I don't want to see anyone saying, ah, uh, oh, they should have just signed an all-male roster. I don't want to see any of that bullshit on my timeline. Absolutely not. I'm very excited to have this roster here. Um, I think... Yeah, I think they're going to do great. All right, I have... You yeah, you've been on for a minute, man. <laughs> All right, um, how's it feel to monologue, Sandy? That was, that was my that was the FlyQuest Red monologue. But look, it's important to know the history and the context. Yeah. Uh, of all these things. So, all right, give me. No, I, I want your actually. I like this though. This, please. <laughs> I kind I kind of I kind of like this though, Sandy. So you you can monologue for all oh, the man. CS:GO Valorant stuff, yeah. And then me, me and Curling can go on our uh, rants and monologues for League. Absolutely. It'll be perfect. Absolutely. Perfect. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll let you go first, Curling. I mean, I'm just like I said a second ago. I'm happy to have twice the esports to talk about. You know, um, expanding Valorant is something as you said we've always been asking for, um, and I'm impressed that FlyQuest has now given me a reason to actually watch CS:GO. Um, granted, now I need to learn how the heck 
CSGO even works because someone's explained it to me before and I still don't get it. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I mean, as an esport uh, tournament wise. So right, right. I'm going to need to figure out how to keep track of all this stuff. Someone needs to make a schedule of when everyone's playing so I can figure out where to divide my time and where to just look at score trackers and all that stuff. And then also, I need to learn what the hell is good and bad in CSGO because I only played it for like two months back when I was 16 and I hated it. Um, so it's yeah. uh, <clears throat> it's exciting to have uh, have more to talk about. And then also like, at what point do we start doing what uh, what good old 100 Talk did and start having special Valorant episodes or special Call of Duty episodes like they did, you know? Yeah. Maybe we should well, start I, doing I think that. I, I've, uh, I mean, that'll come absolutely as, uh, you know, when there's a lack of LCS content to discuss yeah. and recent Valorant things. We like talk I, I all things FlyQuest. Absolutely. And I, I can see, you know, episodes where a Valorant Game Changers tournament occurs uh, over a week or, you know, a couple weekends, and we get straight into it on the show. And, um, you know, maybe we just skip what's been going on in LCS weeks that we can discuss uh what's going on there so i i think all of that is absolutely possible beautiful yeah I, I, and just to add my thoughts really really fast i think this was just an easy slam dunk from FlyQuest, right like you had two very storied historical game changer teams and two very big notable esports right that were just free agents on the market like uh yes hello uh, please i too would like to purchase this team and then have an easy cash in on like like not to say like it's an easy cash in or anything right but like it was just like it's so nice to make sure that the the story of these girls continue and that you continue to grow the sport for them and just in, continue to be inclusive for everyone right um and in general i mean getting specifically into the tournament this past weekend that uh the fly, uh, fred fly red uh, played in for CS:GO this past weekend. They they looked pretty solid. I thought this is that was my first time ever watching them. Yeah. Um. I know the first match was a little rough, but then they bounced back and they made it into the uh the actual playoffs little section, and then they dropped out from there. But um, I I thought from the little bit of CS:GO knowledge that I have, I thought it looked fairly solid. I enjoyed watching it. I had some fun with it. Um. Hopefully, uh, I I need to do more research. If I'm being completely honest, I don't know the history of the CS:GO side of things all that well, but uh. I, I don't know. I, they look good enough to have like exci- uh, be exciting, and, and that's fun for me. And it's just a new esport to learn things about. Yeah, no, absolutely, uh, completely agree. I think this is another. This is a really good opportunity, and I think um, I, I would not be surprised to see this being the first instance of future investment into the Valorant and Counter Strike scene. Especially as, uh, on, as I frantically Google future of Counter-Strike, I think, <laughs> you know, Counter-Strike 2, whenever that ends up coming out, um, you know, obviously there's absolutely going to be a pro scene for that. And I really can see this investment as being indicative of future interest in fielding a Counter-Strike 2 team and a Valorant team that is designed to, you know, qualify into the North American Challenger scene and eventually make its way into the, you know, partnered VCT uh, scene as well. I, I can absolutely see this being like a testing ground for figuring that out. And I think that's a... I think it's a good way of doing it. Um where you're not just slamming the table and being like, all right, we're buying the best uh, VCT challengers team out there and we're going to see what they do. Uh, No, you're taking your time. You're getting the lay of the land. You're understanding how things work. Um, And I I think it's a good approach. So I'm really excited for this. Uh, I think we do have to discuss, obviously, how uh, FlyQuest Red did at... Uh, ESL Impact this week. Uh, so we'll get into that right after you guys uh, hit me with any final thoughts about FlyQuest Red uh, and bringing them into the fold. Just just a solid acquisition. Good, good, good job, guys. Good jersey, too. I like it. 
I like it. The jersey does look pretty good. All right, well, we'll make this part quick. Uh, Fred at ESL Impact. <laughs> uh, we'll discuss them real quick. So, good old uh, Fred. after qualifying to the land finals uh, in the from the North American division, um, which I will note, uh, CLG, at the time they were CLG Red, or they were ex-CLG Red, I think, they went 6-0 uh, in their group uh, and then crushed playoffs to make it to... Um, the uh, the season three finals, uh, and then they do a bit of that um, tournament bracket style where you have opening matches, and then the losers play an elimination match. Uh, winner of that plays the loser of the winners match, right? And then that's the decider match. So you end up getting two qualifying out of each group. Uh, two groups of four: Group A and Group B. FlyQuest Red. Uh, they got put into a division with uh, Shimmer, which was the other North American team, uh, Nine Pandas Fearless, which is an all-Russian team, so part of the European division, and uh, Nigma Galaxy Fee, uh, also from the European division, um, which has a mix of Russian, uh, Slovakia, and Romanian players. Um, they end up dropping 10-16, uh, to nine pandas fearless on overpass unfortunately they did pretty solid um i think they won yeah they went eight and seven on ct side and then proceeded to get blasted uh two nine on when they were on t side uh so not super great and this is where I need to really start educating myself on... Uh, <laughs> yeah, because I don't know how the match is supposed to play out. Like, I don't know what's T-sided or CT-sided. <laughs> we, we lack a lot of knowledge in this department. We're going to need to sign on a CSGO expert to consult before so, episodes. So, 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 so T-side... So, okay, so I'll equate it to Valorant if you guys, you know. So T-side is basically... Uh, attacker side, yeah, I know that. They, like, they got the bomb, they have the spike, they got to plant it, etc. Uh, and then CT side is defender. Yep. They got to stop the plant. They got to defuse. They got to you know take out all the enemy. Um, so I mean, ultimately, Valo and CS have s very similar core concepts. It's just Valo adds powers and uh, all kinds of other concepts. They are both tactical shooters. Exactly. Uh, so ten sixteen drop to nine pandas fearless. Uh, but then FlyQuest Red uh, do what they do well, and they absolutely dominate another North American team. They two owed uh, Shimmer. 16-13 uh, and 16-9, uh, notably winning uh, that 16-9 on overpass. Uh, and then they go up again versus 9 Pandas Fearless. And this time, they beat them on overpass, and then they 16-6 them on Mirage. So a uh, really dominant 2-0 in the decider, uh, and they make it to top four. Uh, so really good stuff, and then run into... Navi Javelins, and, you know, I gotta be honest, they kind of got their butts handed to them. Uh, they got 16-3 on Inferno and 16-7 on Anubis. Uh, those are maps, by the way, that I am naming for, uh, for those. I believe I remember Anubis. I think, uh, you I know, think I've I've, I don't know if I've actually ever seen Anubis, um, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, yeah, kind of rough stuff on that, uh, on those maps on, like, yeah, just really, Goosebreeder did pretty well on Anubis, uh, and Bibion actually did fairly decently, um, as well on both. She went 18-7-19 on Anubis, and 13-3-17, so, like, probably did the best out of everyone, uh, Cowday was kind of near the bottom. Um, and they were also... Maybe I was wrong about who they have on the team. Oh, no, no, I, I said Mads. Uh, so, so yeah, so kind of rough stuff from there. Bebeyond clearly performed probably the best in that best of three. Uh, just unfortunate that they couldn't uh, take it home. Uh, and then Navi Javelins end up... La losing to Enigma Galaxy Fee in the grand final 2-0. Uh, 
but still, 13,000 uh, prize pool uh, winnings for FlyQuest Red. Uh, 50,000 was going to first place, which is crazy to me. Uh, it's actually, like, very surprising in, like, a really good way that the prize pool is so big for a female tournament. Uh, is that, like, as surprising to you guys as it is to me? I don't know prize pools well. When it, when, I mean, when it comes I'm, to some money I'm, side, of like, especially because I don't know what the standard tournament, like, winnings are. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say, Curly. I have benchmarks here. Yeah. I, I feel like... I, I will say it is awesome to see a prize pool that big for Game Changers. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, that's for um, that's for ESL Impact. That's uh, CSGO's version, kind of. Uh, not really their version of Game Changers, but, like, for female Counter-Strike, yeah. Um, overall, though, I, I just... Yeah, I keep looking at the prize pool. I don't, like, it's kind of cool to just see the prize pools actually that high. So, I let me go look at, like, a normal counter-strike tournament like how i wonder what the difference is yeah, just out of curiosity so the other thing is so what was that considered that was like a b tier tournament by like uh the liquipedia standards uh, right hang on if i pull up um let me just pull up like navi javelins and see what it says uh no so that was considered an a tier tournament um, okay so let me let me look at another a tier tournament yeah, so was, we'll look at uh it was considered a uh major tournament. so like all right a tier tournaments uh, ESL so, challenger. exact same prize pool as a challenger uh, A-tier tournament then. Exact same prize pool. Wow. Exact even. So that's actually kind of sick. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, so, yeah, that's that's really good to see. Um, that it is not, like, a, you know, less money being given out, basically. Um, no, I think that's really awesome. All right. Uh, super dope. Great things to come uh, from FlyQuest Red all around. Super, super, duper excited. Um, all right. That's all we've got on Smash. Fred. On Fred. And Fred, uh, Valorant, and Counter-Strike. So let's get back to our bread and butter. Gentlemen, <laughs> it's now your turn to talk. Uh, LCS negotiations continue. Uh, things are heating up. Maybe. Uh, who knows, really, how negotiations... Eh. And a resident Spring Breaker is making comments publicly on Twitter that may or may not be uh, hurting the efforts of the LCSPA. Yeah, so, both of you... <laughs> talk to me about what's going on right now. Uh, I know there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that a lot of us aren't privy to, but what have you guys been hearing, um, if, if anything, and then kind of like where, where do things stand right now? Um, it, it, well, it's interesting because, like, Riot and the LCSPA have both come to an agreement of, like, hey, we are actually at the table. We will not be talking to media currently, right? Yeah. So, in terms in terms of, like, new information, it has been a full-on blackout, unless you got something that I haven't seen. No, really. I do not have anything. I don't have any friends at the table. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> um, honestly, we're all just kind of sitting on standby, um, hoping yeah. for the best. This is a case where I kind of feel like no news is good news because that means that there's active conversations. Now, does that mean that the conversations are going well? Hard to say. We're not there. One can only hope. Yeah, uh, I think pretty much. So the only news we have had is been the whole uh, double lift uh, thing, which apparently he doubled down on. I, I didn't see the video on that part. Did you guys see yeah. that? Uh, why don't, so, yeah, why don't you kind of summarize it for us? Well, so the, the, the first thing he did, the first video, he, he made it, he made like a 22 minute long video going over how the LCSPA's asks were unrealistic and how it wasn't really beneficial for the scene. And basically the only reason he really truly, uh, rallied the hundred thieves players together to do the walkout and to, that was supporting the walkout was because like, he just thought optics wise, which I mean, isn't the best reasoning ever. It's not terrible reasoning, but it's not the best reasoning either. He said, optics-wise, there should probably just be a Tier 2 scene. Mm -hmm. And that, that that was about it, which is like, there, there's a couple of things that are wrong with that. It should be more than just optics for having a Tier 2 scene. There are legitimate reasons why you should have a Tier 2 scene in North America mm -hmm. for League of Legends, right? Yeah. Um, 
So he, basically, that's like the very, very short TLDR version of his 22-minute long video. And so, you know, typically, if you're part of a walkout, you don't really speak out publicly about the reasons why the walkout shouldn't really be working or anything, yeah, no, right? That's not well, something you, you think? Know. Maybe? No, no offense to so. players, but not typically known for their understanding of... Uh, you know, so labor really unions labor and unions, yeah, uh, not really part of the job description usually. So yeah, um, so and of course, Doublelift gets lambasted by large swaths of the internet. And then what does he go and do? He he doubles down. He he has a whole article that comes out uh, basically stating like, I I don't understand why people are criticizing me for what I said because all of it's true and. So, and you know what? Let, let's be objective here for a second, right? All the points that he made are not actually really all that wrong. Like, everything he said was kind of technically correct. However, he cannot be the one to say these things because it absolutely just destroys the argument the LCSPA has going on for them because he is a part of it, right? So, it's just, what are you doing, dude? Like, you're not wrong, but, like, just shut up. Just shut up. Let, let, let the LCSPA, let Phil Aram do their thing. Right. Just let them handle it. And then after it's all done, by all means. Like, you could honestly, you could probably do a whole 20-minute video after the LCS starts again and after everything's going again. And honestly, that shit would probably pop off. Everybody would be like, oh, yeah, totally. But no, not during the freaking walkout and while the talks are happening. Like, bad timing. You just sabotage your own timing. group. Ugh. So, yeah, that, I think unless that's pretty much the only news that I've had in terms of the LCS specifically and the LCSPA. There, there's been lots of NACL news coming out if you guys want to get into NACL stuff. No, I mean, let's let's absolutely talk about it. Um, I, Curly, any final thoughts on kind of that double F's comments and uh, where things stand? Uh, Solidified my opinion of him as a person. <laughs> Once again. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Double Lift. Uh, I will... Yeah, you're, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're... Uh, yeah, no, let's get, let's get into some NACL discussion. I know we've had a lot of uh, teams uh, not announce their rosters, but a lot of rumors we, uh, we, we've had a lot of pokemon uh tweets okay. happening lately for All the right. nacl rosters so lay, us, lay it on us Knox. uh what are some of the big signings uh that are being reported and what players are you really interested to see uh back in the nacl scene for the summer so, first thing is first, I don't know if we really covered it at all last week or anything like that, but a quick rundown of the new the new 10 teams, or some new, some not so new. Um, you have Disguised, who is owned by Disguised Toast, local internet celebrity, uh, famous for offline TV and other things. Um, you have Wildcard Gaming, last uh, last uh, split known for uh, Moose Hater uh, and his Garen spin to win. Uh, Fly Challengers is still here, thankfully. Uh, Team Fish Taco was allowed into the league, even though they didn't qualify uh, earlier on this year. Partially, uh, I think, because Riot just really needed a nice round number of teams. Uh, you had Team Liquid Challengers, who was back. You had Maryville University, who qualified in. You have Evil Geniuses Challengers, who was sticking around. Kind of surprisingly, as a side note, but we don't need to get into that. Um, since... Cincinnati Fear is still here, and then you have AoE uh, Gold, who is now partnered officially with uh, Golden Guardians. Nice. So th those are the 10 teams of the North American Challengers League for this summer. Um, I'm not going to go... Like, do, you, do you want me to read out all the known uh, or reported on rosters? No, or? Just talk to talk to us about like some of the ones that really stand out to you right now. Um, DSG, or D9 as people have been calling it, because it's three-fifths of the old Cloud9 Challengers roster, uh, plus Young from Golden Guardians Challengers and Meech from CLG Challengers. Yeah. That should be a very competitive roster. Um, Fly Challengers with their new upcoming top laner, which I'm not going to say because I might get in trouble. Um, mm -hmm. Always going to be a contender mm -hmm. as well. Uh, Wildcard Gaming, Zamado is returning from Korea in his boot camp with LS, mm -hmm. so that should be rather exciting. Nice. Um, Team Fish Taco 
has uh, acquired one Lunasia, you know, Flyfam top laner, who second most solo kills last split, looked very, very solid, looked very, very promising. Keep an eye out for him. Uh, along with that, uh, NXI makes his return onto an actual Challengers team, I guess, technically, if you want to call Nine, it that. Uh, uh, except he's no longer jungle. He is a support. Huh? So, uh, that's a bit wild. I don't know that how that ended up happening. Um, yeah, it was just weird um tlc is the exact same uh maryville university uh exact same roster that qualified from uh the qualifiers so that should be kind of a fun interesting team i don't know how they're gonna do um fear um our boy philip was basically uh brought down to them um should be honestly still pretty promising with the roster because i really like perry and i think perry and philip should work really really well together um along with that jj has come out of his break and he's back as a support oh really and then yeah, he, he yeah, I I'm a big fan of JJ personally. I know he hasn't been like super great in terms of like actual competitiveness as a support, but I th he's always been fun for me to watch. And then uh lastly, uh we have AoE who uh it's a roster. <laughs> it, uh, uh all right. So uh, I don't uh, I, 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 I so my main issues with it are concept links and breezy. Uh I Lynx wasn't bad. I, I didn't really have many issues with Lynx, but he wasn't like any. He wasn't like a guy that really grabbed my attention at all. And then Concept has not been someone I've been like. I just I think he needs to be back an amateur, or he needs. I, I don't. I don't know. I just he's not really managed to impress me while being in the tier two scene, which typically means I think there should be other players who might be getting a shot over you. Per, that, but that's just my perspective. Yeah. And then Breezy is also not to the same level of concept, but not really been someone who's ever really impressed me all that much. Um, on the flip side, though, the positives of AoE, uh, you have Will making a return from uh, 100 uh, Thieves, who he took a break, I think, to finish high school, if I remember correctly, and then Darkwings, who I've, I've been a huge fan of, and he's kind of bounced around the NACL a little bit. Um, and then the last team, Supernova, uh Reportedly, from last I heard, uh, as of like two hours ago, has verbal agreements with three out of five players, oh, and I don't know any of the rumor, any of the rumors. But prior to like two hours ago, they had no pl players signed. Okay, but now they've got at least three. Yes, they have three out of the five verbally, verbally confirmed. All right, well everything's saved now. Uh, <laughs> you know, everything's taken. So that 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 is a uh, quick. Quick, uh, but not so quick, rundown of the NACL this coming summer. Nice. Honestly. Brilliant. Uh, that's fantastic. Um, what, it, out of all those teams, can you tell me, like, the two or three that are really, like, standing out to you as, hey, these should be the guys to contend for that championship? Um... So I, I immediately have to point out TLC. They were uh, third, I think, in this past playoffs. Yeah. Um, had an incredible run after not a really good regular season. They finished ninth in the regular season and then made this giant run through the lowers bracket and honestly was just super impressive, right? So with all the turmoil and shifting that happened, keep an eye out for them. Disguise was two uh, or three-fifths of Cloud9 challengers plus Young and uh, Meech who are both great, who were, like, really star players on their respective uh, teams before they joined Disguised. So this is a team that you should really be keeping an eye on. They should do really, really well. Um, Fly Challengers with their new top laner, I have faith in. But at the same time, uh, they keep never managing to make it all the way. So I, I, I always have, like, the like Dark Horse check mark on them. Um, and I would say those are probably my favorite teams to do well this coming summer. Um, if you want one more Dark Horse, I'll probably give it to Fear. Um, I think Philip with Perry and Chochi and Minui should be really, really, really good. And then I, I, probably a little biased here, but I think JJ is always just solid enough and he's not going to hold the team back. Um, but I, I think Fear is a nice, solid Dark Horse to do well. Nice. Uh, Curly, out of all of those, any, uh, teams standing out to you, yourself? I mean, obviously, Disguised is going to be one that just <clears throat> appeals to everyone. Because yeah. he uh, he took Jack for his word. He said, I will literally uh, like give these players to anyone um, who's willing to right. give them a chance. Uh, now, granted, considering it's the NACL, I'm sure there was some level of... Um, like, there was some 
pay negotiation that obviously occurred. It wasn't just, here you go, Disguise Toast, start a team with my players. But if you were an internet personality looking for an LCS team or at least getting into Tier 2 League of Legends and then you saw that tweet, why wouldn't you go after that, you know? So that's the most predictable yeah, thing. Absolutely. And I think you rounded it out really well. So I'm... I'm really hopeful for seeing that, and then I would like to see like moist moguls get into uh, into this scene as well. I think kind of internet personality teams are actually a potentially good future for the league, especially because sometimes I I, I don't see them as traditional business owners. You know, I think they're going to give a lot more care and passion and promotion towards what they do, and then also just bring in a whole new uh, set of eyes to the LCS because um, I'm sure a lot of offline TV regular fans don't watch LCS all too much, but if you get Disguise Toast bringing them in here, that's an excellent start. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. Uh, not completely, but I think to some extent, I think, um, I, I think there is some level of danger with the like influencer investment thing where they're like oh this is a this is a fun thing to do and then like as toast found out oh i just lost one million dollars for my bank account you know and like how how long are it's similar with like the vcs and stuff like that how long are they willing to keep doing that until they say like hey i'm not like getting anything out of this really so well you you want to hear something terrible please i i love bad news <laughs> well at least disguise only has one team in <laughs> esport now <laughs> uh, well Yikes. uh for those yeah. of you who don't know uh disguised just got uh, relegated, I believe. Out yep, of, uh, they are out of the they are out of the challengers scene for Valorant now. Valorant challengers scene. They would have to go through the open qualifier uh, if they were going to try to get back in, I believe. And uh, I, I, I mean, and this is speculation at this point, right? But you had Yay on your team. That you team had Steel was, I was on your just team. Just looking at that team, that team was stacked. Like it had good teams. Yeah. So good like it. It it, it it doesn't make sense, right? So knowing the costs, well, I don't know the exact cost, but I know the costs for that team were rather expensive, right? I would not be surprised if Toaster's just like, you know what, I'm taking a break off of this. My new baby's going to be the NACL. Let me pour my love and support into this, and we'll see how this one goes. Because, yeah. I mean... I mean, fingers crossed, like, he, has, he had two stacked rosters for both, like, teams, right? Hopefully, and I highly doubt it'll happen. Hopefully, he doesn't have another roster of stacked names like just drop out and fail. Yeah. It shouldn't happen theoretically, right? Yeah. So um, my prediction is, yeah, he's just going to have the one team, and he can give all his love and support to the NACL, which I think will be great and fantastic for the whole uh, ecosystem. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think that's. Uh, I completely agree. Uh, all right. I think that's pretty much it. That's all the news. That's all of our. That's all of my opinions, at least. Uh, do you guys have anything else you want to hit on? Damn. I think. Um. So. Uh, well, that's a big old rip. Um, I will say, supposedly, we'll we'll see if any last minute shenanigans happen or not. But North American Challengers League is supposed to start this coming weekend, wow. this Saturday. Oh boy. So, we'll see. Uh, so we will have we will have some FlyQuest Challengers League of Legends that we can talk about on Monday, oh which will be exciting because we've had no regular FlyQuest to talk about so far. Um, and there goes Curly, R R I P Curly. Is the oh, the two person is not set up yet? Uh... It, it's fine. We're we're wrapping up here. Uh, it'll be a little scuffed on terms of the NA production. Yeah. Um... being um lines avoid the lines i mean I'm, I'm in north american production jail oh, oh there we go oh he's back he's making his return he's on the he's on the phone folks uh absolutely 
All right, so uh, I believe that is pretty much everything for us. Um, Curly, any final any final things you want to say? Uh, I've got one thing after you go, so and then we'll and then we'll close out the show. I just really hope to hear some more news about uh, about LCS. I uh, really would like to have a summer uh, summer season to pay attention to. You know, kind of really suffering from that LCS drought. Yeah. Hey, don't worry. Uh, LPL came back uh, this and, past. Uh, oh, my favorite and, region. Uh, and uh, LCK starts on the seventh, actually. So Wednesday, uh, LCK's Good back. KT versus HLE and uh, Damwon Kia versus uh, Live Sandbox. So, hey. That's Sandy, when does the LEC come back so I can spam in the chat? Uh, when does the LEC come back so you can spam in the chat? Uh, it Not for a while. The 17th of June, actually. Which, ironically, might be the same week that NA starts <laughs> back up. So, hey oh Good times. That's all. the real reason Riot fucked up. Absolutely. They wanted this whole drama to occur in NA so we could line up perfectly with E. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. One final thing that you guys should definitely be checking out. Uh, Riot's college championships tomorrow and Wednesday. We've got uh, Maryville University versus the University of St. Thomas. That's for League of Legends. Uh, that's at 3 p.m. Eastern Time tomorrow. And then on Wednesday, also at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, the Valorant College Championship, Northwood University versus Winthrop University. Couple, uh, several big uh, college esport uh, teams in there. Uh, Winthrop and Maryville, both notorious for regularly participating in uh, college esports. So great to see some powerhouse orgs. Uh, making it to the finals. Looking forward to seeing what those players can do. Hey, maybe this is the future of any development right here. Uh, so you can catch both of those 3 p.m. Eastern time uh, on the respective, I think, twitch.tv slash LCS, then also the Valorant Americas uh, Twitch channel as well. All right, that is all we have got thank you everyone for tuning into this episode of flight check big smorgasbord episode lots to talk about so we appreciate you sticking with us through it all who knows when lcs is coming back uh be sure to check out those college championships this week uh and then hopefully some uh nacl as well starting up real soon uh be sure to follow the show and ourselves on twitter for all our instant reactions and thoughts to anything that comes up, uh, except for unverified news. Uh, you won't see that here. You can catch the show at Flight Check Crew, myself at Santos DB, uh, Knox at Knox War with two R's, and Curly at Curly underscore double Q underscore. They will get those Twitter handles eventually. I promise. It'll happen. I, I keep checking. Uh, We'll, uh, we'll see what happens. Make sure to hop into the Flight Check Discord as well. Uh, if you're in the Twitch chat, you should be able to scroll up. There will be a link from Moobot sitting there for you to join. All kinds of esports discussion and otherwise taking place in there. If you missed any part of the episode, the VOD will be up on YouTube tonight or tomorrow morning. Uh, if you're watching that and would like to catch the show live, we broadcast the episode usually every Monday night, usually at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, right here at twitch.tv slash flight check crew uh curly any final notes shout outs or plugs before we wrap up um shout out to the legend of zelda for giving me a lot of free or a fun way to kill my free time lately um as uh but on the flip side a big f you to death mountain for being the worst region in the whole game because mm. god damn it why do i have to keep finding lizards to be able to survive your region this is impossible <laughs> <laughs> nice but yeah uh awesome uh all right nox how about you sir uh i'm gonna give my shout out to set nine tft yeah. i played the pbe like all day sunday uh 
I might grind this set. I might actually see if I can hit diamond for the second time ever because I'm feeling it. This set is fun. Uh, so, yeah, shout out to set nine. Nice. Uh, yeah, it does look like a fun set for sure. Uh, I will likely participate in a little bit of playing this week myself. Um, when does it uh, leave the PBE? Do you know? Uh, it should be not this week, but like next Wednesday. Okay, gotcha. Uh, okay, maybe I will wait until next Wednesday then to get some TFT in. Um, all right, uh, for my part, my shout out is going to go to. Um, you know, uh, it's going to go out to uh, my fiance. Uh, she broke uh, my washer dryer. Uh, last night, uh, but <laughs> but uh, it caused. But it was a twenty-year-old washer dryer that my apartment, you know, uh, complex, you know, puts in. And uh, you know, we had them over uh, today. Uh, asked them to come by and uh, to you know get some of the water out and uh, you know just clean everything up and take a look because the guy said it was the transmission. Uh, and they just replaced it with a brand new one that's definitely not 20 years old. Uh, it looks maybe 10 years old or five. Uh, hard to say. Uh, so shout out to uh, mistakes being turned into, uh, you know, positive upgrades uh, instances. And uh, now my clothes get washed and uh, dried much more efficiently uh, and, in a, and, you know, take it doesn't take me 90 minutes to dry a medium load of laundry it only takes 60 what a wild concept absolutely crazy all right we will be back uh next week to see what the hell happens with the lcs uh and any other i'll hopefully discuss the start of the lcs and anything else uh that's been going on in the FlyQuest world so for now please stay safe out there don't forget to hit the head on the nail and we'll see you all very very soon Adios, everybody. Have a good one, guys. Peace, y'all.